Uh, I am Bams, and I am your storyteller, and I am joined by my wonderful cast. I'm Jupiter, and I play Missy, the forever teen misunderstood emo Malkavian. <laughs> I'm Tom, and I play Jimmy, the best Toreador from the 80s. Hi, I'm Oz. I play Arthur Subchak, the Nosferatu. It is the end of the night when you guys are getting back to your own individual havens after Carol's party and some minor conversations and plan making. Begun some evil schemes and began to really impress me with the vileness that lives within your cold on beating hearts. Art was going to go back to his haven and check out some of the recordings from the devices that he had planted around the party. And that's where we'll pick up. Yes, I have to check the evening news. I imagine this means you are also checking the actual evening news in addition to what is actually the early morning news. Well, yes. The mortal news, as usual, has nothing exciting on it, at least to the undead. No, C-SPAN does not get kicking until about 9 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. However, your little handshakes that you had stashed around the club, most of them you're not going to find anything interesting on. You've catch some pictures of the club, pick up some of the music, see some folks in their costumes, what you would expect to find. There's one of Jimmy dancing on the dance floor with a pair of fairies that, you know, maybe you blackmail him with his bad dancing later. Oh, yes, someone has poured some sugar on him. He's probably using some of his own supernatural sugar. Well, yes. One of your cameras, though, is going to be very interesting. It's one that you had set up in the back to get a, a wide shot, catch a lot of the club. That is, at least until it starts to move, as though someone were carrying it and it makes its way through the club. It comes to a rest on Mr. Bradley Kelly and the school as they start to have a bit of a conversation. You can see as their conversation goes on that Mr. Kelly is starting to get more and more annoyed. And then at a point, it looks like he just snaps and lashes out. If this is the fight that you had seen, if one could really call it a fight as it's a single, uh, as it is a single blow that hits this poor ghoul and takes him out. Ghoul then falls to the ground. The camera doesn't linger in the area. It gives you enough to see that the man on the ground is clearly dead and that Kelly is clearly the one that did it. But then it turns and starts to move through the crowd as everybody starts reacting around this fight. So it comes to rest where you put it in the first place, where you then found it later on. Will, will, will. That is very interesting. As I recall, I also took cell phone footage from my vantage point when the... You and like a dozen other people. Yes, but if somebody took my handshake, then I might have caught them on camera. Yeah, you can pull up your little phone recording. You don't see anybody that looks like they are intentionally filming beforehand. After everything kind of kicks off, there's a ton of people that pull out cell phones and start taking poorly recorded cell phone video, but nobody that looks like they match with the recording from your handshake. 
I see. Well, they were quick enough to return it to the handshaking area before I returned for it. That has several suggestions on its own. Many, many suggestions. Perhaps some of my people were at the Elysium Minus, or whatever Carol wants to call it. The Banu Hakim, the Ministry, Malkavians, and Nosferatu all have access to Obfuscate, naturally. Uh, yes, but how many of them would be using it here, and how many of them... That would be the question, wouldn't it? Yes, I'd love this question. This question I will have to try to answer. But I suppose it is time to turn in now. As the sun is starting to rise and I am feeling sleepy. Meanwhile, Missy, you went back to your place. What are your plans there? Are you going to talk to Cheshire or are you going to wait for everyone else to be with you? No, I think Missy's going to be really quiet and not really talk to him. If he were to start conversation with her, she may end up letting it slip, but she's not going to say anything now. She's going to wait for the others. Because, again, she's cool with about 75% of his plan. Right up until the total betrayal and murder, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah she's going to be quiet because there is a lot of, um, we'll call it peer pressure occurring for her to be totally on board with this. This is great. He needs to die. But she still isn't convinced that he should die. Why is one vampire okay to kill? Uh, another vampire not okay to kill. And it doesn't make any sense why he should die. You set him up with a space in your own little haven, right? Tell us a little bit about your haven. What kind of space did you give him? I probably gave him my space where I sleep, whatever I sleep in, which it's a solid blackout. Back area, there's no windows, so it's not like I have to sleep in a coffin. That's so passe. So I guess it's almost like a bedroom. There's like a cot and, you know, some lights. Almost like a a teen girl's bedroom. A goth teen girl's bedroom. So it's like Depeche Mode and Marilyn Manson. Super emo. <laughs> yeah, she lets him sleep there and she probably bunks on, a, on the floor in a sleeping bag somewhere else in the space. And then finally, Jimmy, as you go back to your own little spot, do you have any last minute things you want to take care of? Uh, no, once Jimmy's done with his uh, whatever work he is doing on his car, then yeah, he just goes to bed. And with that, you all die a little death as you return to the corpses that you all are to wait out the daytime hours for night to come and predators to reawaken. Art, how do you usually receive information, tips, and other associated stories for your podcasts and your crazy Nosferatu conspiracy theories? There are many ways. Some will send the email. I have to scrub the attachments. Some will have a Facebook Live. But for many, all they have to do is call the trunk line and my answering machine will take care of the rest. How does Kendra, one of your more popular fans, one of your more frequent information gatherers, contact you? Kendra typically calls the line because she does not like the podcasting equipment. She does not like hearing her voice recorded digitally. She likes the analog tapes, the magnetic media. 
I just put it on a DVD later. She has left you another message this morning. A new one. Hey, it's Kendra. I don't really have like a specific tip this time. But it's been kind of weird. I've been having the same dream over the past couple of nights. And I figured, you know, maybe there's something to it. Maybe they're trying to tell me something. So it's all dark and stuff except for this little field of roses and then there's a a wolf it's not a dog because it's like bigger and shaggier and meaner and stuff and it's wrestling with a like a king's crown it's super weird but i wanted to to call in and give you because maybe maybe somebody that listens knows something maybe they can you know help figure it out maybe they're having the same dream but uh looking forward to, to hearing about it on the show Yes, I'm definitely going to have to put this on a show. A wolf fighting with a crown in a field of roses. I swear to God, Nick's wife must have been a tremere. Well, I'm going to write this down. Because two of those three, I can tell you right now, somebody is fighting with a door And they've been through. And that means it is trouble for Arthur. I feel like every time Arthur gets one of these tips, it's trouble for Arthur. Yes, but if Arthur can solve this trouble, his power grows in the shadows. Sliding over to Missy for a moment. You will have noticed over the past couple of days that Cheshire gets up later than you, by about like an hour or so. You do anything as you first wake up your early evenings, as it is. We will wake up and just kind of sit there and stare at him until he goes. Because she knows what's happening today, so she's just going to stare at him. And um, there'll be some quiet whispering conversations under her breath. To herselves? To herselves. Kind of going back and forth in an argument right now. About anything interesting or just arguing. There's a war within herself right now. The other two are very much on board with the plan, and Missy is still very hesitant on the last bit of it of betraying him afterwards. She's very much against that. And the other two are really making a hard, hard argument that it would be safer if he... They're not wrong. Yeah, they're thinking self-preservation. She needs to be protected, so yes, he should go, and she's just still not on board. But we'll see. Jimmy... How you doing this evening? Jimmy is, well, he'll do what he does every evening. Turn on his hour of 80s music and then proceed to Madame Fina. She's back. She came back sometime over the last day or so. Her shop is as you usually find it. Do you bring back her tarot card? Uh, Yeah, of course. You push open a door walking into her shop, which jingles a little bell at the top. It just catches her attention. She looks up and sees you and smiles and says, right on time. Yeah, I. Uh, this is the one predictable ritual that I like to do. So, how was your, uh, your day off? I kind of missed you. Hands her the card. It was productive. There were other members of my coven there. They were feeling a, a strange vibe, so we wanted to talk and compare notes on it and just, you know, get the lay of the land. There's a, a wind that seems to be blowing through the city right now. It's unusual. 
a wind. Yeah, the you know, the winds of change or there's a, a foul wind blowing things like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I got the reference. I was just uh interested to know maybe what your the winds are saying. Well, let's find out. And then you guys sit down and she begins the tarot reading. And the predominant card ends up being wands. Which represents speed, progress, movement, and action. This is delightful news. I uh, must agree, winds are most likely changing. Is there anything specific weighing on Jimmy's mind that he wants to ask her, or is it all about the routine and ritual of it? So there's definitely the routine and ritual, but... Does it look like he has something on his mind? There is something a little off with him. He's not very good at hiding himself from Madame Athena. Of course, Lance, you can see the future. How could you possibly hide yourself from that? She'll put the cards away, pour you a little bit of the herbal tea that she was brewing, and then sitting down with you and taking a more relaxed posture. She'll ask, what's, what's wrong? What's bothering you? Uh, well, yeah, it's nothing too important. Just uh, looking at a bit of a career advancement, you could say. That's really exciting, but I can see where it could cause some stress or be worrisome. She'll motion to the cards and ask, do you want to ask the cards, or...? Oh, the cards was plenty of indication on will go quickly, more likely quicker than I was expecting. Well, uh, that's pretty rad and all. It's a little frightening. I'm always here, and if you have questions, I'm always happy to listen and answer. won't judge you here. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. With that, she gets up, she escorts you to the door, and bids you a good evening. Thanks her for her time, and heads out, and waits for the hour of uh, 80s pop to finish. Bitch in 80s tunes. Missy and Art are well aware of the fact that Jimmy is up and about as the 80s have begun. Well, I guess it's time to go upstairs. Uh, kind of stand up and, and look at Cheshire and say, hey, uh... When he wakes up, I'm going to let him know, hey, we got to go. Trying to be polite and a good host, you know. Roughly an hour will go by before you notice, Missy, that Cheshire's eyes pop open and start to look around the room. He rises up to a sitting position and wishes you a good evening. Hey, Art and Jimbo want to uh, talk to you, so we have to head up, up to the top floor. He'll rise the rest of the way to his feet and straighten himself up. After brushing himself off, he'll finally turn to answer. He says, yes, I believe there are many things we should talk about. And he'll wait, following your lead to wherever it is you guys are going to go meet up. We'll start leaving, and I'll send a text to uh, Art saying that we're on our With that, a few minutes will go by as the two of them walk up to the food court where everybody usually congregates. Art, do you do the whole obfuscate thing to get up here, or do you have some kind of back-sneaky Nosferatu way? Oh, I have it back way upstairs. I, I, I like to use that before revealing my presence from the eyes of the immortals. Following some of the delivery hallways or the back channels throughout the mall that nobody uses? Yes, I put on a delivery man cap, and nobody ever notices who I am. Cheshire looks around, seeing that everybody has arrived, and then looks to Jimmy. Those large, unblinking eyes just coming to rest upon you, Jimmy. 
as he was told you wanted to talk to him. Hey, Cheshire. Um, so I'm uh, wondering if you can help me out a bit. There's, there's been a, a bit of a development. I'm aware you have abilities in searching and hunting kindred. I was wondering if I could enlist your help with that. I'm going to take a moment to look to each one of you. Finding him, are we going to eat him? Uh, well, that was part of the, uh, you know, the, it helps us. It'll help um, if uh, you eat him. Since you tend to not have any issues with that, that's why I brought up the uh, the offer. Starts to rub his hand together. <laughs> it has been quite a while. We should all we should all partake. When do we start? His eyes and demeanor get more active, more anxious, anticipating what is to come. Well, we start tonight, probably pretty soon. Now, I don't know if there's taste things, but it is a fledgling. So I don't know if that's just just putting that out there for uh has a different flavor. I don't know. Uh but we just need to finish getting prepared to go and then I was thinking we'd head out. Where do we begin? I do not know this city. I don't I don't know the good hiding places that they like to scurry to. The fledgling is in the Baron Peter's turf, or at least that's where he normally lives. Which is uh a little ways away. So first we'll need a way to get there. Missy, you have a friend who can drive people around. Uh, yeah, um, I can get Calvin to uh, let me borrow his car. I, I, I really don't feel good about, you know. Not your call. Sure, so we'll need to get that set up, and then we can drive on over. And from there, I, I assume that uh, Cheshire here was the, the better hunter. I don't know, is there, can you smell them out or something? The gifts of the blood let one do so many things, but the closer we are, the easier it is. All right, well, we can head on over to their turf. They have, you can head on over to their domain and go around from there, but uh, I personally don't know where they tend to stay. Art, do you know? Or Missy? Well, I am certain I can find a general area where to start. But everybody was so excited to begin this discussion, I haven't checked all my handshakes yet. All right, so I guess that means Missy calls up to get the car. Art, you check some handshakes? Da. Cheshire, we can talk about some sort of what's needed for your assisting in tracking. You've already offered me what I would want anyway. I don't know if you need a you know, magical preparation thingy. If we can find him quickly through this handshaking. That's all the better. Are others also seeking this prize? My sire has made it very obvious that she would like this individual. So I'm sure she's made it known to others. So since they want them, we will not be eating them? No, we eat them. It helps with me to say much. We should all partake. It'll be a, a good bonding experience. It's an activity, all right. With that, how are you guys acquiring transportation? I'm going to reach out to Calvin. As your ghoul, he will tell you absolutely, and he will be happy to do so. He says he's got a fare in the car right now, but he can get rid of them and then be there in like 15 minutes. 
Uh, she's going to look at Art, and she knows he needs a little bit of time, so she'll tell him, you don't have to be here for an hour. Do whatever you need to do. No, 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 I'll take care of it. And uh, she'll look at Jimmy, saying, and uh, Jimbo's going to owe you one. I say it uh, while I'm on the phone to Calvin, out loud, so Jimbo hears it as well, looking at Jimbo as I say it. Jimbo's going to owe you one. Yeah, I'll take it to a uh, karaoke. There you go. Calvin is happy to do whatever it is you wish of him. So he'll be here in an hour. That gives Art some time. Art, you go back down to your little back cave, your underground lair. What are you trying to uncover here? I think we have enough feelers around the city that somebody looking for a uh, fugitive might have heard some rumors here and there. Maybe the price of tobacco in one part of the city has gone up. It means more hunters in that area. You know, things, things like that. Are you specifically looking in your area or in the Ventru area? Well, I will start with my territory. Or, excuse me, Walter's territory. And then I will uh, expand outward. Because if somebody was running from something, likely they would come here. Because this is a bear anywhere nobody cares. At the moment, you don't get any results on that. But we'll see what happens in a little bit more time with your various recording devices. Yes, of course. While you're passing your time in your lair and Missy is on the phone with Calvin, Jimmy, are you doing anything? Uh, Jimmy's going to make sure he has tools that he needs. He's going to talk to Cheshire. Like, what tools should I bring on a hunt? A knife or a stake? He just starts listing them off. A knife is good. A good long one. Sometimes you really gotta, you really gotta get in there. A couple of stakes, always good. Some rope, tarps, buckets, gasoline. Razor wire does terrible things. But it's a big help against some of the tougher ones. He just starts to list off all kinds of household and commonly available tools that would make for terrible murder implements. All right, so we can head down to... Do you have any guns? I'm sure someone has a gun in the area, but... There are, of course, people within the mall that own guns, legally or otherwise. Do any of you own guns? Well, I don't own a gun. I've never had the need for one. Yes, he does have a gun. Oh, like a holdout gun or a normal pistol? The smallest that fits in a pocketbook, but not a, a twenty-two, a .38. 1920s detective style? Yeah. Serial number filed off. Did Calvin get it for you? And he taught me how to shoot. Jimmy does not have a gun. Alright, so gasoline, you said. Um, we'll need a hose, and we can go to the garage to get a crowbar and pop open a gas can. People often carry road flares in their trunk. That's that's a good help. Fire really fucks them up. How does the idea of intentionally using fire against Kindred make Jimmy? I think he's currently just going through a checklist of where he can get random things and doesn't actually notice. Let's see, would start to have questions. Um, can we avoid fire? It's very useful. Um, I'm sure it is. Let's put it... Wait, you need gasoline. Is that for setting on fire, too? What else would you use it for? I'm fixing a drink with it. But if you do drink it and you spit it all over them, it's a good coverage. 
Then it just takes a flick of a match or a lighter, and all of a sudden, a few things burn like a canite. Uh huh. Well, that sounds like a very rad um, tactic you have there. But let's try and stick away from fire. We don't want to bring too much attention to what we're doing. Do you guys think that you have some stakes lying around? Some stakes that you keep in your personal stashes? I don't think Jimmy would normally carry a stake. Yeah, no, he wouldn't. Uh, there's probably in the garage some sort of way to make a stake. Yeah, it's easy enough to have a piece of wood, a pallet, or whatever to break off into some nice pulling sections. Yeah, there's a few pallets out back. You can break them in half. And... So you guys will spend that hour or so waiting for Calvin out by the dumpster, breaking up, smashing up some pallets, and making stakes out of them. About 45 minutes into that hour, Missy will receive a phone call from Calvin asking where to meet her. I'll instruct him to go out by the dumpster. Several of us there. You'll see Calvin's car pull around the corner. He'll drive up to you guys, park it, uh, and then he'll get out. And Missy, what does Calvin look like? Calvin, he appears 27, but he's in his 40s. Uh, he is African-American, he is ex-military, and Missy met him when he was homeless on the streets, and she he's now a bonded uh, ghoul to her. But when he was in the military, he was big in uh, medical and firearms training. Taught Missy how to shoot. And he kind of watches over Missy's uh, mortal mom for her. He's, you know, he's he's a good solid build. He's like six foot and the short military cut hair, and, you know, he's he's in shape but gone soft just a little bit. And most of the time, the two of them see eye to eye on everything. They're thick as thieves, except the one bone of contention is his weird obsession with Carol. Yes, Jimbo's Carol. Not quite an obsession, but she's a very attractive woman, as I'm sure Jimmy will be happy to tell you. She's ugly on the inside. Oh, let me tell you the ways. How friendly is Missy with Calvin when other people are around? Is it like hugs and stuff, or...? No, it's not hugs or anything. It's more like, you know, just a punch in the shoulder, a hey, what up? It's more like a, a brother-sister kind of relationship than anything else. He's been a ghoul for a long time. You've had plenty of time to train him. Well, I mean, don't make him sound like I own him or something. In the Camarillo's eyes, you do. He gets out. He has his keys in his hand. He's excited to see you. He comes up to you, Missy, and he says, oh, hey, is, is everything okay? I know you need the car, and he's getting ready to hand you the keys. No, thanks. Sorry to, you know, take the car for a while. I just I just really need it. And, you know, Jimbo's car is never working. Hey, it's just been... What? In the shop, yeah. Yeah. You know, we've got to make those modifications, like getting a fender back on. She's been doing it for half a decade, but okay. Those are really important modifications. Yeah. See, Calvin understands. You guys give handshakes? You give little, like, bro handshakes? Yeah, I'd say Calvin and uh, Jimmy get along decently well. Good handshake pat on the back. I'm sure by now Calvin has at least heard of, if not know of, Cheshire. He has heard of him, but he has not ever met him. Calvin makes the questionable decision to put out his hand to try and shake, to introduce himself to Cheshire. Cheshire's just standing there, a piece of wood that he is breaking off into a pointy end. And he just looks back up at him. With those unblinking eyes, just kind of rattles Calvin a little bit. He's just like, all right, 
quickly realizing that this man is also a vampire and looks to uh looks to get out of that situation. Turning back to Missy, he says there there she is, she's got a full tank, she's ready to go. I'll be hanging around the mall. Okay, I'll I'll call you as soon as uh we're heading back. I hope it won't take uh too long. Just yeah, hang out, you know where I'm at in the mall or you know, go you know, wherever you want. I'll I'll find you, I'll get the car back to you, it'll be it'll be perfect. I'll even return it back with a full take gas. Don't forget, Jimbo owes you one. He arm punches Jimbo. Says, "No, no, no, don't, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll take care of it. I'm gonna go uh, get something to eat or whatever." And he looks to to Missy. Are, are you good? Are you been able to get everything to eat? Are you hungry? I'm good. Good. He knows that you eat people, so he's offering if you need it. Bird in front of this one. He gives you a long goodbye, that kind of conversation of like, all right, bye, and then something pops up, and then they say, all right, goodbye again. It it takes you a few times before he finally leaves out of the conversation. Art, as you begin to approach, you will see Calvin heading into the mall. He doesn't move to engage with you as the two of you cross paths. No, he knows better. All right, so who's driving? Um... I suppose that would be me. I mean, I could do it, but I'm not the best. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've driven. Like, five years. But um, You spend more time fixing the car than driving it. Do not worry, I will drive the car. Not the biggest of cars we are going to It's a hatchback. We'll just put the seats down and sit in the back and then pop up the hood. Or not the hood, the trunk. Oh, you won't the need back, to get yeah. It. Yeah. So Art will get in the driver's seat and he'll sit down. He'll look at the steering wheel and says, "Well, steering wheel is on the wrong side. I'm sure I'll remember how this works." Are you sure you don't want me to drive? I am positive I do not want you to drive. I mean, I can drive. You know, if if you're, I don't want you to wreck Calvin's car. I'll I'll drive. Well, if you don't want Calvin's car wrecked, maybe I should drive. I've never wrecked a car. You're not driving this car. If Art can do it, fine. But if Art has any problems. I'm more than happy to give it a go. You and Cheshire sit in the back, Jimbo. Yes, I'm glad we have all had this little chat. Now get in the car, and we will go find our mark, yes? Yes. The last scene is of the camera looking at the taillights of Calvin's car as it drives off away from the mall, up on, up into the nicer areas of town to get into some kind of trouble. <laughs>